0: Hello, I'm Anna. I work at a wildlife refuge, and this is Wild Lies Exposed, where we talk about misconceptions, me and my co-host,
1: Minnie, I am a park ranger. Lies. Lies. Wild, Wild
0: Lies, lies exposed. exposed. Lies. Lies. Wild,
1: Wild Lies, lies
0: exposed. exposed. Okay, we'll see what happens. Okay, so today I've got kind of a layered myth for you, okay? When you were a kid, did you ever hear, do not touch baby birds, because their mothers or their parents will smell you on them, and then they won't care for them anymore. Yeah. Well, I had also heard it as a kid. So for a while, I thought that was false, because I thought birds don't even have a good sense of smell. So how are they going to smell you on them, right? Why did you think that? Because that's what research thought for a long time. But that's also a myth. Research has shown that they use their sense of smell for more than we had ever realized. There are some birds that have these specialized scent glands. And Really? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yes, so this researcher has had the opportunity to smell some birds doing this research, and even a human can pick up on these different scents. Like, a different birds will smell differently than each other. Whitaker says she can smell the difference between birds. For example, to her, Juncos have a forest like smell of dirt and weed. Brown headed cowbirds, her favorite birds, smell like fresh sugar cookies. What?
1: That's Sugar weird.
0: cookies. Like fresh ones. So, like, oven baked?
1: Um, is she okay?
0: <laughs> like, arsenic? No. But do we smell almonds or
1: something? Cyanide. Yeah, cyanide. Anyway. That's weird. Okay, I don't say a lot of things are weird because I'm a very peculiar person and I get it you know what, I'm calling her weird because I'm jealous.
0: Because you s- haven't gotten to smell of brown-headed cowboys? No. That being said, even though that is not true about the mothers smelling you on them, excuse me, the parents smelling you on them, that does not mean you should go around touching baby birds. Because generally, if a baby bird is on the ground, that doesn't mean it needs help. A lot of times, people try to rescue baby animals that are not in distress. Most of the time, if a, bird is on the, a baby bird is on the ground, it's fledged. It's fledged the nest. Which basically just means it's left the nest. It probably glided to the ground. They have a little bit of flight at that point, And they can hop around, walk. They'll be stretching their wings. And all of that says that it's a fledgling. It does not need your help.
1: Yeah, and then aren't there, if, if there, they have both parental care, aren't they usually around and still feeding it at this point?
0: For sure. So so the parents are still helping the bird. So let me tell you about the different stages of the bird. The ones that are super important to us right now is as soon as a bird hatches, it's a hatchling. And it still basically can't do anything on its own. It's laying in the nest. And they're tiny. They have no feathers, no fluff. After they develop some of their fluff and they start getting their pin feathers. Pin is in P-I-N. That is a nestling bird. So hatchling, nothing. Nestling, starting to be able to move in the nest they're begging for food, they are developing their feathers, they have fuzz on them, and but there's still also bare spots where they're pink. Okay. That, if you see a bird like that on the ground, so if you see a nestling on the ground, that bird does need help, because they were not ready to fledge. And the way you can tell the difference is, they aren't going to be hopping around or walking around, and if you tried to, like, hold them, they wouldn't be able to grasp you with their talons. They don't have to... So they're to-
1: still not just developed enough, they're like
0: crawling babies. Right. Not even. Not even. Because they're not even mobile. Right. And they won't be like stretching their wings to try and get ready to fly. And that is when you might need to help it. And in that case, you want to practice good safety practices. Right. So for both your sake and the bird's sake, you should wash your hands before and after or wear nitro gloves or something comfortable. Always
1: oh, smart.
0: Yes. And you want to, if you can put the bird back in the nest, That's, that's ideal. If the nest has fallen, then you can try to replace it in the spot or a similar spot because the parents are going to come looking. Or if the nest is fully broken, you could take like a bowl even and put the nest material in it and like put it back in the spot. Okay. Of course, that's going to mostly apply to like cup nesting birds. That is to say, if you cannot find the nest, you still might be able to put the baby bird in a safe spot for the parents to come back to it. Because again, at that point of life, they still need help. But if the baby bird is moving around and it has full feathers developed, so it's not going to have those bald spots, it's not going to be pink, it's going to be more active, that bird is just waiting for food from its parents. The longer you linger, the more the parents are going to be like, what's happening down there? You know? And if usually if you back up and, you know, a pretty good distance away and watch, you'll See the parents feed it. Now say you're going and there's one in the middle of the road or something. You still might want to encourage it to move, or if you needed to, you could put it in a bush. Mm-hmm. But just keep it in the area. It its parents are still there and they're still caring for it. Please do not take it away. <laughs>
1: like are you like, just put that bird in a bush. I mean, a fledgling can jump out of a bush if it feels like gliding out of it. <laughs> right. It's not like it's gonna do it harm. It's still gonna be
0: And if it wants it's still going to go back into the middle of the road. You know, there's only so much we can do. Okay, so like I said, you want to use safe practices. And it's not a huge risk, but there is a risk of zoonotic disease spreading from a bird to a human. That includes avian influenza. So you don't want to just handle wild animals of any kind. Thanks. What?
1: So zoonotic so disease isn't just birds
0: it's any oh, right. animal. There are diseases that we can transmit to animals as well that's true so for for everyone's sake, <laughs> you and the bird, you should not touch it
1: okay, so the just to to re summarize the not touching a baby birds is not because birds can smell you right it's to just reduce the risk of disease transference between species,
0: right, and also not usually necessary for you to be handling the bird because it doesn't need your help. And that bird is still eating a lot and the parents are still feeding it a lot. If you take that bird into a rehabilitation center, then they are going to have to hand feed that bird very often. And it takes manpower that they might, they could be using to focus on birds that are actually in need of help.
1: hundred percent. I spent a summer volunteering at a big wildlife rehabilitation and I mean, most of the songbirds were okay, but any bird that has really, really high metabolism. So, for instance, we got a couple of chimney They're really small. They eat insects. They had to be fed every five to
0: 10 minutes. See, and that's crazy. Even every couple of hours is a lot. But imagine a hummingbird. So, I understand that parents don't want their, like any parents out there, I understand you don't want your kids to be touching wildlife like i understand why the why people would say the thing about don't touch baby birds because their parents are not going to care for them anymore but it's i i feel it's much better to teach your kids don't touch wildlife we need to respect wildlife and like teach them not like you know you don't want to freak your children out but you can teach them a little bit about the just to be safe and i mean yeah. if, of course it depends on the kid. Some kids are going to be a lot more receptive to educational stuff or, like, learning about the world. Not everyone's interested in biology and, and wildlife. Then. But, you know, just consider teaching them okay. to be, like, good humans. <laughs> I
1: think the plain way to put it is boundaries. Yeah. It's teaching boundaries and respect for other people, respect for other beings and their boundaries. And, yeah, it's based in safety and, and that kind of stuff. But teaching physical boundaries is really important. It is. And wild animals don't consent to us messing with them. I mean, we, we have no way to that. them. We just teach respect for other things.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And that's all it comes down to. is just respect and then, yeah, you can throw safety in there if you want to make it more educational for your kids.
0: Yeah. Like, even if it's not a respect thing for you. I understand not everyone loves wildlife, but it's a, it is a danger. If you're If you corner a peacock, that peacock can, that bill, that beak that they have can do a lot. And, you know, a bird can peck out an eye. And I'm not saying that they are going to. I love birds. I'm a birder. I bird every day. And I'm not saying you should be afraid of birds. But you should have a healthy respect for them. Just find a streaming platform
1: that has the birds on it and play it for your kids. <laughs> it will terrorize them. Okay, for ages. no.
0: No, what's that? <laughs> We're not
1: terrorizing children here. Is that not the well, goal? Well,
0: we don't need to get the trauma necessarily. <laughs>
1: I was terrified of birds for a really, really long time because of that movie
0: I guess it's better that they get trauma by watching a movie than getting trauma by getting their eyes out, Like but- or like a
1: magpie dive bombing them.
0: <laughs> no, and I mean I've had birds like I've been near nests and I've had barn swallows dive at me and like yeah it's pretty startling when there's right next to your face but you know i would just stand still and say listen buddy if you hit me in the face then we're both gonna regret it like <laughs> just <laughs> and and they're not trying to really hit you you know they're trying to deter you so Do you really say that yeah <laughs> no we had some nesting this last year and like i just had to walk over to something on the refuge and this swallow was coming at me and i literally just stood still i didn't raise my hands or anything and i'm not saying they understand me but i literally was like listen this isn't gonna do anything for you except if you hit me in the face we're both gonna be real sad about it <laughs> so just let me do what i'm doing and honestly the barn swallow left me alone <laughs> so if y'all can see my face right now
1: <laughs> i am
0: shook. Sure. no I just communicate with them. I had some barn swallows they were trying to build on my porch and I said, listen guys, I, I respect you and I will let you build here, but then you're going to have to let me walk into my door every day. And I'm not even kidding. They stopped trying to build on the front and they built a nest on the back of the house. Aww. Only because this is a bird episode. I think we should do one bird call. So I'm going to do my, my owl. Oh, why? He has to do a different bird. And that is the lovely bard owl. I'm only
1: being mean about it because I wanted to do the bar bard owl. This might take me one or two tries.
0: Okay. <coughs> this
1: is cardinal, mm-hmm. northern cardinal.
0: So I just want to say on our Instagram, I'm going and our Facebook, I'm going to post a few pictures that I have from when I was doing nest box surveys of each of the stages, right? So that way you can look and see. This is what a hatchling looks like. This is what a nestling looks like. And then this is what a fledgling looks like. And it, you can see the pin feathers in the middle stage.
1: Oh, that's going to be so
0: awesome. So we're going to post that. And I we may also post a link to a video that I did of uh, an American robin nest. I took a video every day. And you can see the growth of them. And at the end, you can see one of the fledged. So maybe we'll link to that.
1: Please uh, go ahead and read us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or whatever your favorite listening platform is.
0: Oh yeah, what are we going to talk about
1: next week, Vinny? Or next time? Next time, because it's not next week. Next time we're actually going to talk about my job.
0: Your job? Park Ranger. Okay. I'm, da- I'm, I'm ready for that.
1: Yeah, a lot of people think my job is not what it is. Anywho, well, thanks for listening, everyone.
0: Alright. So to leave, you guys, let's do a joke. Why does the flamingo lift up only one leg? If it lifted both, it would be laying on the ground. Because if it lifts both, it would fall over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was really good. You really were
1: actually thought about the physiology. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is that? <laughs> Bye, guys.